Have you ever been on a flight and there's been a medical emergency? The flight attendant says, is there a doctor on board? Welcome back to Rorick Knows, helping make you a better you. Yes, I've been on many of those flights. I've flown over 30, 3,500 flights, but also over three and a half million miles around the world. And yes, I've been involved in eight medical emergencies in flight. And so I'm quite familiar with that. So let me tell you a little bit about some of the basics and some of my experience in managing some of these in-flight emergencies. They vary a lot. Depends where you fly and and what airline, and I'm not going to mention any specific airline because I've flown most of the airlines, not only in the U.S., but globally. So, but the common things are syncope. In other words, you fainted. Or they're, somebody's nauseated and have vomiting or some shortness of breath, and then it gets a little more serious. You know, chest pain, seizures. And it isn't that common, you know, the statistics are not very, are hard to get. It's like one in four to 600 flights, but I don't know. I seem to be on some of those flights. And yet, it's been said that up to 70% of, of at least American flights, USA flights, have an MD on board. And, but only 7% of those medical emergencies are considered serious. Now, what is serious? It means we have to land the plane. We have to do something pretty drastic on online. And I've had to do some, sometimes I've had to do some things that required a little more expertise. Remember, I'm a plastic surgeon. And, you know, I'm a physician, I'm a surgeon, but, you know, we're doctors too. So, so just so you know, I think it's been since 2001, all airlines, U.S. airlines, have to have a medical kit. And they have to have certain equipment. I still think they should have more. But internationally, it varies so much to almost nothing. So the bare minimum is they have to have some vital sign equipment. They have an oximeter, blood pressure cuff. Uh, you know, they have a stethoscope, something you can put around your ears so you can hear the heartbeat. And BCLS, basic cardiac life support, is required of all flight attendants in the United States. And they have to have an AED on board as well on American Airlines. Now, uh, on American uh, USA Airlines. Now... I recently was on a flight and they didn't have an AED where I needed it. So, and they have limited medical supplies. And so just know what, so, so what do you do? You know, when somebody says, is there a doctor on board? You know, and of course, I think as a physician, you have a duty to stand up. Although I must say, sometimes I've stood up and then all of a sudden there's three doctors around me and many of them have far more experience than I have, at least at least I think they have. So it's your obligation. Now, if you've had a drink or, or not, then I think you should not do that. But I think that common sense rules. <clears throat> and remember, you're covered by the Good Samaritan law, which means that if you're doing something <clears throat> out of the goodness of your heart and your, and your talent, then you are protected. And, you know, respond if you are able and be safe and be logical. And the first thing is, take your own pulse. Now, I've done this numerous times, so <clears throat> I kind of know what to expect. The first thing is, you know, you surround, you ask for help, okay? And you want to see the medical equipment, the medical kit, and you want to ask for the senior 
flight attendant, okay? This is not a time when you want to have an amateur hour. And then you want to assess the patient. And you will have enough time to be in contact with the ground medicine team and the captain. And the captain is usually a, a phenomenal person. And you'll, often I will talk to the captain because they will listen to you. So, you know, and, 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 and this has been mainly in, on American flights. So, so rec- remember, BCLS, basic life support, is required of all attendants. And, and so um, the key is just make sure that you get the help you need. So let me just give you an example of what happened about six months ago. I was going from Miami to Dallas, and I was halfway across the Gulf. And all of a sudden they said, is there a doctor on board? And so I go back. And, of course, the person's in the middle row, a packed flight, and he's seizing, and, and which means that he's having a, medi- a, a medical seizure. So, luckily, I had two volunteers that actually helped me pull the gentleman out of the seat and put him on, put him on the floor because I didn't want him to aspirate, which means that you swallow your own um, saliva. So, he stopped seizing, and he was really took him a while to actually be able to respond. So you do the ABCs, airway, breathing, circulation. And luckily, we had an oximeter, and we could do his blood pressure, and I could assess his breathing. And then a nurse helped me. So always surround yourself with as many medical staff that are there to help. So this nurse was phenomenal. She actually happened to be a neuro ICU nurse. So she helped me, and... We put an IV in the gentleman. We gave him glucose. I think he was hypoglycemic. And then I could get a history of, you know, did he have, um, I think he was dehydrated and he didn't have diabetes, but he obviously probably had been out drinking the night before. So he was dehydrated, but he had seized. That was a true seizure. So I then talked to the medical team on um, that was on the ground. It was in Dallas and and uh, everything was under control and I looked at the medical kit and so those are the things that were very important but the key was that we stabilized this patient we made sure his vital signs were okay and of course the nurse was awesome and I think that that's the most important thing you want to make sure they're stable and because you know in this flight they had a blood pressure cuff an oximeter and the consciousness was good and after his first seizure and he was lying on the floor he was okay he was he was stable and we were halfway across the gulf so of course i talked to the captain and he said should we divert it was equal time to new orleans or dallas so it was equal time just go to dallas and he was he was fine so and the patient was talking throughout the time in fact he got better as we got going and got on on the way to dallas and of course the good thing is they will um call ahead and the medical team is there to meet the plane and everybody stays on board and we we, we brought the patient up to the front and this in this case actually he walked and um, they took him out on a stretcher and everything was fine doesn't always go that way okay so uh there are other times when i remember this was uh several years ago i was on a flight from japan to korea and halfway across the um the um, the ocean we were mid-flight to Seoul and uh, this gentleman arrested in first class and so we had to institute CPR and we did CPR for about 
45 minutes, which was about an hour out, and we could not get him back. And, you know, with all, we did not have an AED, but uh, so that was not such a good outcome. But we did all that we could with the things that we had. And turns out that, of course, he'd had cardiac disease, he was a smoker, and he'd had multiple different uh, you know, heart attacks before. And, um, and then we were met at the Seoul airport. So, so I think, you know, those are all things that, you know, you're there to help as a physician, as a human being, and to make sure that you do what, everything you can humanly possibly do to help your patient. Because, you know, we're doctors first. You know, I'm not just a plastic surgeon. I'm a, I'm a physician first. So, so I think, you know, being in flight and having a medical emer- emergency is, um, is really, I don't think, that uncommon. And I think it's reassuring, you know, when you can uh, help somebody and you know, get them safely back on the ground, and I think so do the passengers. It gives them a feeling of ex- of really uh, of relief. And I will tell you, I will tell you, except for one exception, the team, the the airline team, the staff, the flight attendants are phenomenal. They are uh, great. They're there to help you. Um, sometimes a team on the ground um, that is giving you advice may not always perhaps give you the best advice that you may need to do, uh, but they're there for you. And I think that the captain is, of course, is in charge of everything. And they've always listened to us when I said we need to land uh, or we need to uh, move forward. So sometimes I've had uh, on a flight about two years ago to Chicago, I had another gentleman that actually um, just passed out. And again, we put him on the floor and this this gentleman um, was hypoglycemic and he had diabetes and so so usually if they're not if they haven't passed out you can give them orange juice or even you know a coke man that's got so much sugar that'll wake anybody up so so you can give them a regular coke and this and this person didn't so i had one shot with one little iv and i got it in and i gave him some glucose so that's really helpful and and again you know, those are just another example. And then the common things are if somebody just passes out. You know, I think the biggest thing to do is, you know, if they're lying flat, you know, elevate their legs. Get get their, because when you elevate their legs, you're kind of, you're going to give them like a one or two units going to their, to their head. And they've just passed out. And then they'll usually come to, especially if they, if they um, have, a, have a pulse, then you can get their oxygen level. Uh, they'll, they'll usually will wake up. And then, and then, of course, then you can talk to them about, you know, why they had that, that level. And um, now, the other thing that's not commonly on um, in its equipment is anti-emetics, anti-nausea meds. They're not on, on uh, most flights, so just make sure of that. Now, the other thing is sometimes people will have Benadryl, so sometimes if you need a medication, uh, I remember one time we needed some Valium, and of course you wouldn't believe how many people had Valium and all other kind of meds uh, that they were willing to give, give the patient. So, you know, just ask, and I think that's something that, that people are always happy to do, and it kind of is very... Um, you know, it's, it's very reassuring to people. There's still people out there that care and that really are good people. You know, we always hear the negative things, but I can tell you, when I've ever had these light, these on in-flight emergencies, I've had some incredibly, I've had some incredibly nice people that really cared, you know, that weren't even in medicine that helped. 
but so always ask for help. Make sure you surround yourself in a safe area and um, be in contact with everybody, you know, and I think that's important. And some of the things you can do, you know, when there's a cardiac emergency and a patient has a cardiac, you know, chest pain, they do have aspirin. So you can give them a, a couple of aspirin and then also even nitro. They'll, they have they have nitro tablets on, and so they can they can do that. And sometimes they'll have an EKG if there's a, if there's an AED on board, but most of the time they really don't. So I wouldn't bank on that. And um, and I think the other thing that is very important to understand is, <clears throat> do you know how to do CPR? Everybody needs to know how to do CPR. It's really something that not just our flight attendants should do, but it's something that everybody needs to do. You know, the aim is to do 100 to 120 compressions, you know, just in the mid sternum, and you want to put one hand above the other, and you want to press down at least two inches, okay, to get adequate compression. And the thing that's changed is that the, the breaths aren't as important as much as the good adequate compressions. It's 30 compressions, two rescue breaths. But if you're alone, I think the compressions are by far the most important until you get a, a rhythm and then you can do the AED. Now, can, and that obviously will require somebody to help you. So push hard, push fast, aim to do 100, 120 compressions a minute and, and do that. And I think that really will help. And, and obviously this is where you need other people to help you because you're going to get pretty tired pretty quick. And, and so you can do that and assess them at two minutes and the, do they have a pulse? And then if you have an AED, you can, you can hook it up and then you can potentially shock them. And I think that's very important to do. So I think the basics of ABC are important. I think uh, getting people around you, making sure you're in a safe environment, getting the most senior flight attendant, getting senior other people ask for help, uh, nurses or other physicians that are there. Sometimes people are afraid to speak up or to help, but when they see somebody else helping somebody that's in need, they will help you. And that happened to me on an, another instance where I really needed somebody to get uh, a, a, a passenger out of the middle seat and it was, it was another passenger that actually helped me do that. And it was another patient that had passed out. And this was a big, big person. So they helped me pull it out. And then it turned out that that patient, that individual was a physician as well. So sometimes you're surprised. And I think then they can help you. And I think no one should feel like, um, you know, they can't help. And, you know, we're a team. And so, you know, once you stand up and designate yourself as a physician, you know, you are the team leader and they will listen to you. But, you know, and, and, and do safe and logical stuff. And, and, and always, always, like I said, you know, make sure that everybody around that patient knows what you're doing and that if, if you need to land, I will tell you that the, the captain has always, in, in the times that I've had to do that, is always obligated. And because, you know, we're all there, you know, because we're human beings. We want to do the right thing and be safe. So I think that that's just a very brief overview. And I would I welcome your comments and questions and thoughts about this. I'm sure many of you have probably been on a plane when either you've seen this in action or you've seen what's happened or you would have liked to see it handled better. I mean, all those comments are very important to me because these are one of these 
things that help make you a better you because it'll make you a more educated you. And, and certainly, you know, the basics of BCLS, basic cardiac life support, that's everybody should know that. That's very, very important to do. Okay. And so I would say those are the, the cardinal rules, you know, the ABCs and safety and, you know, getting help and making sure that you um, are doing the, the right logical things for you. It's really, you know, not only as a physician, but you're being a good Samaritan to help a fellow human being. So I encourage you to ask any comments and questions. And hopefully this segment has helped show you how you can help when you do face or have an in-flight medical emergency on an airline. Thank you again so much, and we'll look forward to seeing you at the next Rorick Knows podcast, making you a better you.